activate. You are listening to the Fast Break Podcast with Jeff and Holt. Go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fast Break Podcast with Jeff and Holt. He is the man himself, a player named Jeff Dennis. My name is Ian and Holt, and we are now uh, a full week, a full week and really closer to two weeks through the NBA season, recording this uh, Sunday, October 29th, the evening. Uh, we're about uh, season started a little over 12 days ago. We are in full effect here. Um, a lot of fun games, a lot of surprises. A lot of surprises, so we're uh, doing uh, something kind of fun today uh, for the next couple shows here. But first things first, Jeff, how are you doing, brother? Fantastic, my good friend. Uh, the NBA is back in full swing. Like you said, there were a lot of surprises. Um, some of these rookies, man, are, are making making a stance uh, earlier than most people are were, were thinking, and it, it's just it's just really really nice to to finally get back into the fold here. This rookie class, man, is could be the on, best ever. This is. This could be the best ever, like really. If you want to include Ben Simmons in this rookie class, which I kind of do, because he is a rookie, well, even though he's drafted he's last year. He's gonna win rookie of the year, yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh boy. But uh, doing something kind of cool. Um, you've seen Zach Lowe's posts. You've seen these different articles. These uh, thirty, uh, you know, thirty teams in thirty days. You've seen uh, thirty-two crazy predictions. We're gonna do our own version of uh, our thirty thoughts to start the season. Um, obviously we're still really early. There's going to be a lot that's going to change over the course of the season. Injuries, uh, hot streaks, uh, slumps. Uh, there's going to be a lot that, that changes. For example, I honestly don't think, and, and call me crazy here, Jeff, the Magic, who are 4-1 and one right now, I don't think they're going to sustain that level of play that they've been, that they've been going for, but uh, we'll see about that. But first thing, I want to start off with the Boston Celtics, uh, the big story of the summer. Without Gordon Hayward, they may not make the playoffs. Brown and Tatum will need to outplay their roles in a big way, uh, but they've got, uh, after two losses, four straight wins. Jeff, what do you think about the Boston Celtics? That's what I think. I, I think Boston's going to actually be um, just fine without Gordon Hayward. Obviously, they lose a star player, and I like their chances against Cleveland a lot more with Gordon Hayward, but I tell you what, man, um, Jason Tatum looks really nice, especially for a rookie, and Jalen Brown has come out of absolute nowhere. Um, I, I really like this kid, and what I like most about this team at this moment is they, outside of Kyrie Irving, um, they are a defensive monster, or, or could be a defensive monster of a team. I love Jalen Brown and Tatum out on the wings defending. Um, I, I like where Boston's headed. However, I would like them a lot more with Gordon Hayward, that's for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, you, we, we said we said from the get-go, uh, really our, our, th- our third show of the season, uh, second, or second or third show of the season, we said from the get-go, uh, Gordon Hayward going down could really adversely affect them and that uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum would need to step up. And like you said, they have in a big way. Uh, Jalen Brown, a very high-energy guy, uh, especially has impressed me. We were pretty down on him um, when he was drafted, but uh, Jason Tatum stepping up in a big way as well, becoming an efficient scorer. And like you mentioned, their defense has been astounding i think they're fourth right now in overall defensive rating uh, uh and that's in the entire nba um 
So any questions about uh, their defensive identity after losing Avery Bradley and uh, and Jay Crowder, uh, those questions have been answered. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I like where they're going. You want to have Gordon Hayward back, obviously, but um, you got to look to the future with this team. And um, I I think the future is bright for for the Boston Celtics moving forward. Unlike the next team we're going to talk about, segues, hey-o. Hey-o. The, oh, good Lord, the... The, the, the Atlantic Nets. Division, oh boy. It's it's just bad. Uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets, um, if D'Angelo Russell is going to be your best player moving forward, uh, oh boy, that's all I have to say, my friend. And you know you've got the 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 good things going for the they're, they they they've got an awful roster, um, absolutely awful. Losing Jeremy Lin was a huge loss. Uh, uh, regardless of what you think about him, his time in L.A., his time in Houston, he's a very very good player. He uh, plagued by injuries last year, really kind of bounced back in Charlotte the year before, and uh, they're still waiting on a full year of Jeremy Lin. But uh, what I'm really impressed by with the Nets, uh, to, to look at a more positive aspect, is Kenny Atkinson's ability to bring these quote-unquote broken players back from the dead. Um, looking at Damari Carroll and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson uh, specifically, uh, keep in mind this is a team that beat the Cavaliers a couple games yeah. ago. Ned, well, it's like throttled them too. They uh, absolutely, absolutely annihilated them. So. I think the Brooklyn Nets have something to be proud of. They have, they are what the what the New York Knicks want to be. They are have an owner that's looking to sell the team for one, and they have guys that are putting the effort in. Uh, so I think uh, the Brooklyn Nets, they're going to be a bad team. They're going to be heading straight for the top of the lottery. But uh, fans, at the very least, have got a fun team to watch, and they've got a f- team to be proud of with the effort that they're putting uh, putting forward. Yeah, they they their future looks brighter than it has in the past. It doesn't mean that they have a bright future. Um, and, and as I say that. Uh, about D'Angelo Russell, he is averaging 21 points per game so far this season. So definitely not playing, um, not playing poorly. Uh, but but yeah, D'Angelo Russell, your best player, not going to happen for you this season. Not this season. And Magic Johnson. Before we move on to the next uh, team here, Magic Johnson saying uh, he traded away D'Angelo Russell because he needed a leader. Uh, at the point guard position, and that's going to be Lonzo Ball. So uh, D'Angelo Russell certainly, uh, even though his team is going to be bad, starting to look more and more like a leader. But that brings us, uh, you know, while Brooklyn fans maybe may have at least something to be excited about. Uh, they've got they've got a, a they've got a couple young players to look at. Uh, moving on to the New York Knicks, New York Knicks fans at the very least have to be pleased that Phil Jackson's gone. Phil Jackson's gone. Yeah. Hey. And, and, and you, you, and Phil Jackson, obviously one of the best coaches of all time, an absolute disaster as an executive. But putting Kristaps Porzingis on the trade block, um, what what was his mindset there? Well, a unicorn is a unicorn, but a mystery box could be anything, like a unicorn. So, Jeff, I gotta know. <laughs> What do you think about the Knicks here? Because uh, that's all I can think of. They've got to be as bad as they're going to be. They've got to be glad Phil Jackson's gone. Yeah, I mean, you're you're glad Phil Jackson's gone, and you're you're happy that the the Carmelo um, era is over because you got to look forward 
to the future and Kristaps is the future has to be the future and the this new point guard that they drafted from France I believe if I if I'm not mistaken um Frank Nilakina yeah he's got to be a part of this a part of this rebuild or retool or whatever you want to call it but you, you got to move forward with Kristaps Porzingis being the centerpiece he looks like he's going to be a promising player po- uh, possibly you know a big time player at some point so I, I just for the pure and simple fact that they have Kristaps Porzingis on the roster and Phil Jackson is gone and they've moved on from Carmelo Anthony should give Knicks fans something to look forward to. Porzingis with three 30-point games on the year already and uh, them whispers, you're starting to hear them about whispers. Frank Nielakina. Those whispers about Frank Nielakina. He is looking like he's going to be the real deal. Um, so uh, remains to be seen, but uh, already showing a great defensive mind for the game. Uh, hopefully uh, see him pan out to be the player that uh, that uh, that we think he's capable of. But uh, f- moving on from the New York Knicks, uh, another team, the Atlanta Division, the Philadelphia 76ers. What are your thoughts on them, Jeff? Oh, What's your boy. thought to well, start the season? My, my th- initial thought was this is going to be fun, but after watching them for a game or two, um, I think it's clear that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are on the fast track to becoming one of, if not the best duo in the NBA. Um, And really, because of that, I'm wondering what Markel Fultz's role is going to be, being that Ben Simmons is clearly, clearly a point guard with a knack for getting everybody involved, especially Joel Embiid. So I'm just wondering what Markel Fultz, the number one pick overall, what his role is going to be. And it's it's hard to see what Markel Fultz is 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 capable of because we haven't been able to see that yet. Right. Uh, just announced today that he's out for at least three weeks. He's really out indefinitely um, with that shoulder injury. He's been he was hurt to start the season. Uh, Philadelphia should not have been playing him. Uh, so I really lost a lot of respect uh, for their medical staff. I already was. I already did not respect this the Philadelphia 76ers medical staff. You look at the injury history uh, for that for that organization. Uh, but playing Markel Fultz was an awful, awful, awful idea. Guy should not have been playing to start the season. Bite the bullet. I know they're in win now mode. Uh, they 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 want the process to be over. They want to start winning games. But you can't do that when you're risking risking the health of your number one overall pick. A guy that people are saying could be better than both Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, even though th- these two are already in fast track to superstardom yeah and i don't believe that for a hot second because i think ben simmons is the real deal and i also think joel Embiid's the real deal and you know after seeing markel in summer league a little bit but now seeing how great of a floor general ben simmons is and is going to be um it makes you wonder what this team could be if they would have taken a player like um a jason tatum or 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 a a, a josh jackson or another wing player to complement ben simmons but either way uh simmons or or markel or no markel they they look like they are on they're on the fast track man this is going to be a really fun team to watch Absolutely, and uh, the final final key in that in that division, um, the the Toronto Raptors. What do you think about the Toronto Raptors? This Just year? good enough to get punched in the mouth by LeBron, and probably now by John Wall as well. Um, probably John Wall. We've talked about the Raptors a little bit uh, in previous episodes, and you know. Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, they've got a lot of talent on that team, but they just, for, for whatever reason, they 
just can't um, they, they just can't get over the hump. They, they haven't been able to get over the LeBron James hump, um, and I don't think they're going to be good enough to get over the the now John Wall, Bradley Beal, and um, Otto Porter Jr. And I called that years ago when he was drafted that he was going to be a good player. So I don't think Toronto is any better off than they were even two or three years ago. I think they're worse off, to be honest. I mean, they're fine. You know, they're they're okay. Yeah, they're just good enough to get they punched can't, in the mouth. They're 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 good enough to make maybe the second round, uh, maybe maybe even the the Eastern Conference Finals where they get annihilated by uh, Cleveland or, yeah. or, or or Boston or Washington, whoever makes it. It's gonna be it's gonna be Cleveland, so uh, they're gonna make it to the second round. But um, you know, DeRozan's another year older. He's a fantastic scorer. Doesn't do much outside of that. Kyle Lowry um, is another year older as well. He's not hitting the mark as far as points per game. Um, doing okay with his rebounds and assists. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, I think, is a very good big man that is criminally underused uh, by Dwayne Casey. Agreed. Um, you've got a couple good pieces there uh, for the future. Jakob Pertl looks like he could be a, a good player one day. OGN, well, boy, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name, <laughs> uh, has a very good uh, – I think he's ahead of the curve. I think he's going to he's gonna fly under the radar for a few years as he develops, but he's got a very good mind for the game, and I think this kid's going to be a player in a few years. Uh, but outside of that, um, again, just I, – I, you, you – couldn't have said it any better myself. Toronto just good enough to get punched in the face by LeBron or or John Wall or or Kyrie Irving, whoever they happen to have to go up against in the conference finals. Yeah, and you know a team pretty much the exact opposite of that is the the Golden State Warriors. We're going to get into the next division here with Golden State, and really when I when I look at this team and the addition of Swaggy P and them keeping obviously Kevin Durant and a host of other players, uh, it's kind of like watching a pre-recorded television show. Um, you know, you just you just want to fast forward through those commercials and the boring dialogue so you can get to the big fight scene at the end. Um, basically, just hand these guys the trophy now and let's watch everybody else play for second place. You know, when we first started the show, Jeff, uh, it was at the start of the uh, uh, 73 win season and uh, we talked, not th- oh, talked only about the Warriors. Every week, we'd have to bring them up. We'd have to talk to them, uh, talk about them for, for a few minutes. Last year, we made a concerted effort to stay away from the Golden State Warriors, and you're you're right. Uh, despite all the crazy things that happened this offseason, despite uh, everything that's – all these crazy things that have happened to start the season, we know what the outcome is going to be, and that's always going to be weighing in the back of our minds Um and you could I couldn't have put it better any you know any better myself. It's like watching a pre-recorded TV show. You know what's gonna happen. Um, it's about the journey though. It's not the it's not it's about the journey, not the destination. Uh, so still excited for this series, but uh, obviously the best team in basketball just got better over the offseason, and they're going to continue to uh, dominate, even though they have had kind of a rough start to the season so far. Swaggy P is a machine on this team, man. I mean... That shooting... Oh, man. Uh, best true shooting percentage in the league thus far. Obviously, it's not going to last, but... Yeah, I'm saying it's going to last. Swaggy P for MVP. Swaggy P for MVP. Swaggy P for MVP. I like that. That should be our, our motto for the Fast Break Podcast. Nailed it put that up on the Facebook, but, uh, uh, going out to <laughs> moving on to another team, the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, we said a couple weeks ago, Jeff, uh, 
looking at MVP candidates, the usual suspects came up for the past few years. LeBron, always a, a prime candidate. Steph Curry, the two-time MVP. Kevin Durant, uh, Russell Westbrook, last year's MVP. I think these guys all added superstars to their team, and those superstars are going to take away votes from their MVP candidacy. So we looked at guys like Kawhi Leonard. Uh, we looked at guys like uh, 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 Kyrie Irving. Uh, looking at the Los Angeles Clippers, Blake Griffin could be an MVP candidate this year. It's oh, his yeah. team now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's there's no and doubt he, about it. He has come out swinging. You know, I, I've never been a huge Blake fan um, because I, I, I've always thought Blake was just an athlete and he really didn't know how to play the game. That That's changed quite a bit. He's losing a little bit of his athleticism. You can see him handling the ball a little bit more on the perimeter. He's probably the best passer, big man passer in the game. Um, he's at least in that conversation. And you're see, starting to see him create his own shot, uh, which is something that he was incapable of doing, you know, three, four or five years ago. Um, you know, especially playing with Chris Paul, he really didn't have to create his own shot. But I definitely think Blake is going to be in the running, probably top three um, this year for MVP voting um, because of the reasons that you said everybody else is really just going to cancel each other out. And you know what? Averaging almost a 20, uh, 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 25 and 10, uh, almost double-double uh, with five assists on top of that. He's shooting also threes at a remarkable clip this year. Um not taking a lot. I think he took less than 40 uh, three-point shots last year, now averaging close to six a game uh, to start the season uh, and shooting at a 41.5% clip. It's incredible, man. Um, he has developed, the, like, insanely. He, it's it's absolutely insane to see how he's developed. He's sitting at 28 years old, uh, but I think uh, Blake Griffin right now. If you go to if you have a chance to go to Vegas and put some money down before he gets he gets really gets going, uh, put your money on Blake Griffin for MVP and the Los Angeles Clippers, who uh, by the way just were just handed their first loss, uh, almost starting off five and zero to uh, but did lose last night to the Detroit Pistons, uh, my Detroit Pistons, but uh, LA Clippers definitely a uh, a team to keep an eye on Blake. Griffin specifically, but Jeff, what do you think about the guys that share their arena, you the Los the, Angeles Lakers? You mean, you mean the people who own the arena and happen to rent it out to the Clippers? Yeah, the Los Angeles Lakers, um, things things are looking up. That's what I have to say about the Los Angeles Lakers, specifically um, due to Lonzo Ball. Although he hasn't played incredibly well, um, he, he's shown some promise that you can definitely build around this kid. Um, but I'm wondering, Holt, if it's enough to draw in key free agents, such as uh, Paul George, who's been rumored to want to go to the Lakers, and obviously the big rumor um, bringing in LeBron James. So does Lonzo's promise, um, is there enough promise to bring in key free agents this coming off season? And, you know, I think how... Um... I think Lonzo's a good kid. Obviously, he's been very hit or miss to start the season. Uh, his passing, uh, he, even though he is averaging close to eight assists a game uh, for the first five games, uh, six games of the season, excuse me, um, not uh, he's shooting extremely inefficiently. Thirty-one um, percent from the floor is not, and you you knew we knew going we knew going forward we knew when he came in he's not the best shooter does not have a good shot but that's all right because his passing was going to make up for it when you're taking 12 shots a game and you're only making 31 percent of them that's a problem uh that's a huge and I, he's 31 percent from the floor that's not from three 
That's from the floor in general. So he's going to have to start hitting his shots or start taking fewer shots. And if they really want to bring free agents in, LeVar Ball is going to learn how he's going to have to learn how to keep his mouth shut when he needs when it's appropriate. I get what he does. He's trying to build a brand. He's trying to hype Lonzo up. But what he's done so far is put a target on this kid's back. And uh, you've got you're going to have every single team in the league coming after him. And that could be a good thing or a bad thing. Yep. I mean, you've already seen Patrick Beverly go at him pretty hard. You had John Wall talking a lot of smack. Um, really didn't back it up a whole lot, though, I, I'm, I have to say. But, um, yep, Lonzo, Lonzo, I think, is going to be a great player if he has great players around him. If he has this current Lakers team, he's going to struggle, and that's all there is to it. Absolutely right. But uh, looking, uh, again, uh, at the Pacific Division here, uh, moving on a little bit, the Phoenix Suns. Oh, jeez. Um, I got to know, Jeff, wh- this is my thought. This is not a good thought. Which has been the bigger story for the Phoenix Suns coming out of the season? Bledsoe trying to get out, Eric Bledsoe trying to get out, or the fact that the Phoenix Suns have played like a bottom-tier G League team? <laughs> I think they go hand-in-hand. Hand. I think they're playing like a bottom-tier G League team because Bledsoe is disengaged. Um, sending out a tweet uh, about not wanting to be here, and then saying that he was actually at a hair salon and he didn't want to be at the hair salon. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you meant, my friend. First of all, why are you at a hair salon in the first place? Aren't you at a barbershop? That's That's right. I mean, mean, it's it's neither here nor there. But, uh, I mean, I'm I'm actually shocked that he has not been traded yet, even though the the Twitter the Twitter story broke just about a week ago, maybe. I'm shocked that he's not gone by now because I think that there's plenty of teams in the league who would love the services of an Eric Bledsoe. But to answer your question, I, I think I think it's a toss up between the two because I think they they are dependent on one another. And you know, I and I, I got to think when you look at the the, the story, you, it's definitely a toss up. Uh, I, I I really just came to this decision right now because Eric Bledsoe. You're right; it's it's incredibly surprising that he hasn't been traded. You know, there's teams that are interested in him. Uh, Phoenix Suns management uh, is on par right now with Bulls management and Sacramento Kings management as far as craft here, but. Uh, I think ultimately Bledsoe will find he will find a, they will find a trade partner for him. They will get rid of him. Uh, but after Bledsoe's gone, the Phoenix Suns are still gonna suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> and I think that's cool. That's a story that's gonna last for the rest of the season. So uh, after Eric Bledsoe's gone, the uh, the Phoenix Suns are going to continue to to to, to just absolutely suck. Um, and it's a it's a sad thing to see. Uh, looking back at the seven seconds or, or less days, um, but I I really hope they they can find some new management moving forward because right now this is this is unacceptable. Uh, and looking at other teams that suck. Uh, <laughs> The Sacramento Kings. <laughs> hey now, hey now, they don't suck that what, bad. I mean, they're one and five, Jeff. Well, yeah, but they could be. <laughs> they could be zero and six. They're they're losing by an average of nine points <laughs> per game. They could be losing by ten. They they could be losing by ten. What are your thoughts about the Sacramento Kings, Jeff? Well, I I see a team full of young talent. They just drafted. What did they? What did they get? Four draft picks this year and. I think I think they got four draft picks this year. Anyway, um, they they took some some really highly touted players in this draft, and I'm wondering which of these rookies or young players on this team, Buddy Heald included, is going to have the the biggest lasting impact. You know, four, five, six years down the road. And Jeff, you know, you were telling me uh, over the summer you think De'Aaron Fox is going to be 
uh, the man. You're damn right. You think, and uh, so far, coming off the uh, the bench to spell George Hill, uh, De'Aaron Fox is leading the team in points with uh, 14.8 per game. And uh, you look at uh, another young rookie that I think can have an impact, Skull Labissiere. Yeah. Uh, second in points per game for them. Uh, surprising, not but it's not Buddy Heald. You would think it'd be Buddy Heald with uh, the way the general manager seems to think he's the, the next Steph Curry. But uh, uh, to lead the season off, De'Aaron Fox and Scalb Labissier starting to look like guys you can build around. Absolutely. Um, De'Aaron Fox, like you said, coming off the bench, averaging 15, 5, and 5. I mean... What what point guard is coming off the bench and averaging fifteen five and five? I don't. He's got to be the best backup point guard in the game right now. And honestly, in my estimation, it's time to start Deer and Fox and give this team a spark. I really like George Hill, um, and, and they've got some other pieces on this team as well. Frank Mason the third, obviously their their third point guard at the moment, and Buddy Heald, who, um, you know the the heir apparent to Dwayne Wade once upon a time. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I love De'Aaron Fox, loved him at Kentucky. He's he's explosive. He's got a good head on his shoulders, and I think it's time to build around this kid moving forward. And it's just a shame that they don't have Boogie anymore because I think they would have worked really well together, both being Kentucky boys. And you know, I don't think I don't think uh, people expected De'Aaron Fox to take off as quickly as he did. Um, and that's why when they signed George Hill, even though they had just drafted De'Aaron Fox, I liked the signing because you have George Hill to teach the kid how to play the game right. And I think that's what George Hill was was brought in for. And I think that's what his his role for the Sacramento Kings is going to be moving forward uh, with the eventual plan to move De'Aaron Fox into that starting lineup. George Hill maybe takes over that shooting guard position because he can play off ball. Uh, that would also require Buddy Hield to move the three but uh fortunately that's where the sacramento kings are are kind of weak at with justin jackson currently starting who's a solid player in his own right uh but uh, yeah i i agree with you i think uh, De'Aaron fox will be the starter before the end of the season and i think george hill uh is going to play a big role in his development and teaching him how to play the game properly yeah i mean De'Aaron fox shooting 43 percent from the field 50 percent from three-point land and the Ooh. kid can the kid can just absolutely sky to the rim. He's got the makings of of a a, a Russell Westbrook type point guard um, for for years to come. So keep your eye out on De'Aaron Fox out there in Sacktown, even though they suck. Keep your eye out on De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento. Hopefully they can pull things together. Obviously they had uh, Demarcus Cousins for years to build around. Never really got it together, uh, hitting the reset button on their rebuild. But uh, like to see, hopefully led by De'Aaron Fox, Scalabissier, Buddy Heald, and uh, a new team in Sacramento. Maybe return to that early 2000s kind of basketball. But uh, that is it, unless Jeff, you got something else to say. They don't suck that bad. They, they, they suck pretty bad, man. That is it for this week's edition of the Fast Break Podcast with Jeff and Holt. Thank you guys so much for listening. Keep an eye out. We will be continuing with part two of our 30 thoughts to start the season on our next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you later. I mean, they could be 0-6. <laughs>